From the WATH studios, this is the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH, happy Wednesday, hump day. Joe Medor alongside Ross Christ, as we've had him for the last couple days, and he hasn't quit yet. So, Ross, <laughs> glad to have you back once again. And it's kind of the dog days of the sports schedule, Ross, really. I mean, you're not quite yet to the Masters. That's next week. Opening day of baseball is next week. You're waiting for the Final Four on the weekend. There's some NBA, NHL going on, but they're kind of in the home stretcher for the postseason. It gets a little dry during these, uh, these kind of waning weeks of March heading into April. Yeah, Joey, thanks for having me back on. Hello to our listeners. I'll give you a reason to be excited right now, Joey. I'll tell you what that is. Yep. There's rumors swirling around in the golf world that the GOAT, the greatest of all time, has played a practice round Ooh. at Augusta. There's rumors swirling that Tiger Woods was out there playing 18 holes of golf with his son, Charlie, in anticipation of next week's Masters. And one man who's going to join us at half of the hour at 6.30 today, Bob Herrig, the author of Tiger and Phil, a man who knows Tiger Woods well, the lead writer of Sports Illustrated's golf, is going to tell us, will he be playing? How good would it be for golf? How good would it be for sports if Tiger is out there on that golf course next week? Yeah, I mean... You, you always want to see the, the greatest while they're still, you know, able to participate when the biggest tournaments come around, especially in golf. And obviously, Tiger at the Masters is just something, it just seems right. Everything's right in the world when you see Tiger Woods playing down in Augusta. Yes, and I know he just is recovering from a horrific automobile accident. And if he gets out there, um, he's certainly going to be a long shot in Vegas. But guess what? In 2019... Hmm. Was he not a long shot? That was <laughs> and, and he came back and won it. So I think if Tiger Woods is out there, he's got a shot. You give Tiger Woods one leg and one arm, he's got a shot against that field because he knows how to win, and he's the greatest to ever do it. So very excited for that. That will be at 6.30. Bob Hare, get your questions in. For those of you listening at home, if you have any questions for Mr. Bob, feel free to get in touch at Ross Talks. Joey, where are you at on Instagram? Medor underscore Joey. Keep it very simple. Medor underscore Joey, one of the fastest growing social media accounts in (laughs) southeastern Ohio. Get in touch with us. Get your questions in. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And again, he's calling in at 630. Should be a great chat. At 610, we have a friend of the program, former employee here, Russ Heltman, calling in to talk everything about the Bengals. Of course, the big announcement today coming out of the Cincinnati camp was the fact that they are looking at Finally, Ross, some would say it's long overdue, building their own indoor practice facility. It's taken years and years, but it's looking like Cincinnati is going to finally get that done. Not sure what the timetable is yet, but the executive vice president, Katie Blackburn, confirmed that the team does have plans in the somewhat near future to move forward with that project. Can't wait for that. Have you ever watched Hard Knocks? I'm addicted to this show. Of course. When the Bengals were on Hard Knocks, I couldn't help but notice It looks like they're playing on some recreation field next to their stadium. (laughs) How is this a team in the NFL? How is this one of the richest teams in the world playing in a field that looks like it could be a little league field right next to their stadium? So it's nice that they're pouring some money in for the team. If you are a Bengals fan, it's a great time of year for you. They're pouring a lot of money into that offensive line. They're pouring a lot of money into their practice facility. It looks like they're trying to rectify – from their, from their mistakes in the Super Bowl, where, where they could not protect the quarterback and hopefully uh, get a little bit better on the practice field. So I'm interested to hear more about this and see, are they going to be making it back to the big game? Yeah, obviously, once you get there once, especially with the, the young roster they had, and I think, I mean, this is the, the, whole, the crazy thing about this whole season for Cincinnati was their preseason win total in Vegas. I think six and a half was the total. No one was picking them to win the Super Bowl. No yeah. one's picking them to win the division. No one was picking them to win the playoffs. And they go on that magical Super Bowl run. And now joining us on the phone lines is, of course, a friend of the program, Russ Heltman, joining us from over in Cincinnati. Russ, it's great to talk to you, my man. How you doing? Great. How are we doing, fellas? It is a uh, great day to be back on the radio. Yeah. The Bengals seemingly wrapped up a, uh, a successful run in Breeds. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to get right into you right into it with you there, Russ. I mean, I think 
going into the offseason, obviously the offensive line was the, the glaring issue. And I think another thing was also trying to make sure that Jesse Bates was back in the orange and black playing next year. They obviously get him on the franchise tag and playing for the team next year. And then they wasted no time, did they? First day, first couple of days of free agency, they went right out and gotten three proven guys who either come from winning teams or have played with some stellar offensive lines. I mean, what's kind of your recap of the free agency so far that the Bengals have had? No qualms. That's kind of the two-word phrase I've had for this free agency period. And it's kind of been a reshaping type of 12 months for this franchise. We just had Katie Blackburn today at the NFL owners meetings describing the team, making a concerted effort to try to put an indoor practice facility on the grounds around the stadium and also uh, recognizing that they're going to have to address Fall Brown Stadium in the near future. And when you see what they've done with the investment in the team itself on the field, and her also talking about the team bringing in $4.5 billion in overall media exposure to the Cincinnati area based off of that Super Bowl run, it just really goes to show you that I think this franchise is, is finally having everyone rowing in the same direction, and it's really easy to do that, it seems, wherever Joe Burrow lands. Russ, the Bengals are a big pick to come out of the AFC North. They went to the Super Bowl. They look great. They have a franchise quarterback. Tell me a reason why they might not win the AFC North if you have to pick one. Well, one reason would be if Deshaun Watson's able to play a majority of the games next year, which that situation will leave that where it, where it sits right now. We don't know where that's going to where that's going to stand when we get to August. And another reason would be, I think, the, the Ravens. This team, I, th- I believe, is still a little bit underrated, being talked about and brushed off too much and too often, like I think their quarterback gets in a lot of national discussions as well. People talk about Joe Burrow not getting enough exposure throughout the past six, seven months. But Lamar Jackson's been largely forgotten, and a guy who I, I think is going to be able to put that as a chip on his shoulder and come out in a contract year ready to prove himself. And for a team with a lot of guys ready to prove themselves in Baltimore that either had things go south on them on the field, whether it was having to play with guys they weren't used to playing due to injuries or those guys that they were missing experiencing those injuries and having to go through that adversary. So that team in Baltimore haven't just given Jim or John Harbaugh a contract extension. I think they're hungry. I think they're going to keep flying under the radar the rest of this offseason. And it's difficult, guys, to brush off a Super Bowl loss. So you're just sitting there being 90 seconds watching it on my TV and just thinking about that every day in the past month, about how close this team was from completing a Super Bowl win in the longest season ever played in the NFL. All of that stuff is going to factor in to trying to mount that Sisyphus type of rock and push it back up the hill to get back to the Super Bowl mountain. And it all starts, obviously, in most cases, with winning that division. So I think Baltimore is the clear biggest threat to the Bengals and a team that if they can figure out those issues in the passing game, namely with Greg Roman and the way he calls plays for his quarterback, <laughs> then they are going to be right there with the Bengals neck and neck for that division title, in my opinion, down the stretch. Yeah, don't get me started about G-Row, Russ. I, I could go on for days. <laughs> I know, I know, Joey. You <laughs> but, um, you know, kind of one of the stories that came up early on was obviously when Uzama left and went to the Jets. I think some people felt that uh, it kind of left a little bit of a hole at the tight end position, and, I just wanted to get your opinion on the acquisition of, of Hayden Hurst, obviously a former first-round pick, a little bit older for, uh, for a first-round pick uh, coming out of college. He was uh, obviously trying to play professional baseball for a couple of years, but went, was with the Ravens, kind of got overshadowed by Mark Andrews. Same thing kind of happened. He went down to Atlanta, and then they draft Kyle Pitts in the top five the next year. Do you think he can kind of find a, a resurgence to his career in the Bengals' offense this year? No doubt. And at one year, $3.5 million, this Thinks exactly like Larry Ogunjobi last year, fellas, just on the other side of the football, a guy that was cast in a not uh, flat, uh, unflattering role, the phrase I'm looking for, in his other places, and just kind of cast to the side, not really invested in, not really taken, a, taken advantage of as a major part of the offense. And he's going to be playing with the best passer I think he's ever played with in Joe Burrow coming up this season, so fact that he gets that he's 20 going to be 28 still in the season 29 years old right there in the thick of his prime uh, as an athlete and with a chip on his shoulder it was clear in that press conference coming in when he introduced himself to the media so I see him replicating what we saw two years ago in Atlanta before Kyle Pitts got there and even maybe exceeding it I could very possibly see 
Hayden Hurst as a red zone weapon with the most accurate quarterback he's ever had, hitting him for double-digit touchdowns this season. I think at $3.5 million, they definitely upgraded as a rec- at the receiver position part of being a tight end. Now, the reason he's not getting paid $10-plus million per year is because that blocking part is lacking a little bit from Hayden Hurst, but that's why you bring in those three big horses on the offensive line to shore up everything in that sense when you need to be able to run the football at an effective rate. Russ, Katie Blackburn coming out today saying that the Bengals are actively looking for a new practice facility. This kind of goes against Mike Brown and his spending habits. What can you tell fans about this practice facility if maybe uh, they think that construction is going to be coming here soon, or will this be pushed a couple years down the line? I would think they'll look into it within the next 12 months and try to get some kind of plan in place, whether they get shovels in the ground, actually, and get something actually built right there it's going to be difficult i know that there is a lot of logistical issues that they've already run into previously when they thought about doing this in terms of being downtown all of the electrical um implants as part of the underground part of the street in the city basically everything going on there's just a lot of stuff that you have to be you know 411 dig call before you dig you can't be <laughs> you can't be tapping into something and cutting off half the power supply to downtown cincinnati so that's been the biggest hang-up, I think, logistically. Now, whether or not they get that all figured out in the next 12 months, who knows? Katie Blackbird kind of basically just said that today on a whim when uh, when people brought it up. But the fact that they are aware of it, and I think they know now, having had to use the UC bubble three times for the Super Bowl, and then having go to having to go to L.A. a few days prior than they were even NFL-mandated to, to leave, is a sign and a reason enough to go out there and make this investment and the fact that it's just going to be easier to sell stuff to free agents, yada, yada, yada. But you have Joe Burrow, and you have a guy that you will be hopefully needing to put in that practice bubble, and you're wanting to put in that practice bubble as much as possible over the next 10 years when, uh, whenever they do get it put in there. But I would think they try to get it done rather quickly because these, these windows and these players, these times don't last very long. And, you want to be able to at least start to take advantage of that asset as quickly as possible. Draft coming up in, you know, a little under a month now, Russ. Obviously, Bengals haven't had a pick as late as they have 31st in the first round this year. Where do you expect them to go with that first-round pick and kind of build on the draft from there? Well, to me, when I'm looking at the consensus big boards, guys, it, it screams to me cornerback. I think there's going to be a lot of value there. To me, we're going to see the first two guys come off the board, a player I'm very familiar with, and Ahmad Gardner, very early. I've seen him. He's even been projected today. I saw Mike Cannabon on ESPN had him at two to the Detroit Lions. So he's a guy getting a ton of love, as is Derek Stingley, although he's dropping because his play has just not matched in the last two years what he put up in 2019 with Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers. But to me, I see them going defense and most likely cornerback at 31. And if not, maybe a guy like Zion Johnson they bought from Boston College, a guard, or uh, a different kind of edge player potentially on deep, on the defensive side. But given how much they've invested in the uh, offensive side of the ball on that line, I would think when you're trying to look down the line two to three years, balancing these financials and looking at how much you're going to have to pay Joe Burrow, it's time to start investing some of that more valuable young player contract money from the draft in the defensive side of the ball, and that starts with cornerback where, sure, Chittabay Wizier is a very solid player, but you still need to get that kind of young, upcoming guy that can be your number one cornerback shutdown guy for the future. Russ, Cincinnati went 10-7 and in the regular season last year. Do they improve on this, stay the same, or get worse? I expect 13-14 to 14 wins. Fellas. Boom! 13-14 to 14 wins. I fully expect that because this is a team that, all the signs in NFL history point to an absolute explosion in this type of period, especially with a leader and a player like Joe Burrow, who already played at an all-pro level last year, was the best quarterback in the NFL when he was able to throw from a clean pocket. And what do they just do, guys? They turn the 28th ranked the offensive line into, <laughs> I would say, easily top 16 and arguably top 12 right now in the NFL, pending what they do even in the um, in the draft. So with the weapons that they still have on young draftable player money and T Higgins and Jamar Chase, those guys also being as young as they are and taking a leap next year. I mentioned Hayden Hurst. He'll have a chip on his shoulder. 
Joe Mixon's never run behind this good of an offensive line since he was putting up massive numbers at Oklahoma. This should be a top three offense in the NFL, and the defense has not lost really anything, in my opinion, as long as Jesse Bates does not hold out and plays on the franchise tag or they get something done there. So when you think about how much they have shored up their number one overall weakness without having to go all in financially and keeping all the players that they do have and the thought of all of that ascending young talent coming together at the same time, this is not just the end of some run and the culmination that happened in the Super Bowl, guys. It was all house money. That was the theme of the entire playoffs of house money. And now it's time for all the chips to go on the center of the table and cash in on a number one seed in the AFC and prove that you were right all along to invest everything in Joe Burrow right now and go capture a Super Bowl once and for all. Don't leave it up to chance with 90 seconds left. Yeah, Russell, something I'm kind of intrigued by if what you just said does come to fruition. They do win 13, 14 games, potentially number one seed in the AFC, make another run. At what point, because we've seen with guys like Mahomes and Allen that put up these monster numbers and they get paid before they get to the end of that rookie deal. At what point do you think the Joe Burrow contract discussion starts to come up if he puts up another year like last year? Oh, it has to be next year. Yeah. I think they would try to get something done. And I'm Joe Burrow's agent. And that's the, that's the interesting thing that we'll have to see what happens. What, what will he ask for? What will he try and do? Will he get drunk and addicted to winning? and think, hey, I'm seeing Patrick Mahomes lose his Tyreek Hill. I want to keep my Jamar Chase. I want to keep my T. Higgins. Well, if Joe Burrow's getting paid $230 million guaranteed or upwards of that, they're not keeping two of those two wide receivers. It's not happening. You have to cut corners. You have to make sacrifices. Once that contract kicks in, and I didn't even touch on that in my reasoning for the 13-14 wins, you have all of this perfect storm chemistry coming together. And The biggest part of that is that rookie QB deal. And I think that goes away after this next season. He, he is a value pick right now, guys, to win the MVP. Everything screams that Joe Burrow will explode in the season, given what he has around him and given the upgrades that the Bengals have provided him and the development he's shown through the last two seasons and the first time in his NFL career, young NFL career, he'll have a full offseason to fully get ready. So I think the fact that they have all that together makes it a, a very, very clear possibility that he is going to get paid very early and I would do that if I'm the Bengals. The cap's only going to keep going up he's going to require a ton of money and you're hopefully going to have to pay him a ton of money again in five years. So they, that, what do they always say with quarterbacks? Really any great player in sports, you pay him as early as possible because sports are one of the nicest things to ever end. The value always keeps going up. One of the uh, key players that he hands the ball off to, Joe Mixon, finished third last year in rushing yards with over 1,200 yards. Do you see him improving coming up in this next season? I could maybe see a similar output, 1,200 to 1,300 yards, something like that. I don't know if he'll break his, his overall career uh, rushing total in one season and set a new record his career total, but I think it'll be more efficient, guys. This team averaged, I think, 3.6 yards a carry in the final eight games of the season. The, the rushing attack was completely non-existent, really, throughout the playoffs. And because of the improvement across the board on this offensive line, I think they're going to be able to run the ball less while getting the same amount of production out of it. And we know what happens when you're running the ball less, getting the same amount of production from Joe Mixon at a more efficient rate, and giving Joe Burrow more chances to throw the football and what you would assume if they're running the ball less and throwing it more, better pockets, cleaner pockets, yada, 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 the avalanche snowball builds. Russ, always a great conversation whenever we get you back on the program, and I appreciate you taking all this time to talk all about the Bengals offseason at this point, and uh, hopefully we get to chat with you soon once uh, you know they make some other kind of big splash here. Yes, sir. Fellas, we'll have to, I'll have to come back on before the draft for sure. I'll yeah, absolutely. All right, Russ, thanks. Thanks, Russ. Yep, have a good night. Yeah, and that's Russ Heltman. You follow him on Twitter at RussHeltman11. As again, he writes for All Bangles, All Bearcats for SI. Also is a producer and host for WMKV Radio out in Cincinnati. Russ, always a fountain of knowledge whenever he comes on the program. But lofty goals for next season, Ross. 13 or 14 wins, calling a shot in, we're not even in April yet. Yeah, if you're a Bengals fan, you love Russ. You want him to come back on the show, don't you? Yeah. Because... 
13 wins off of a Super Bowl season, it's doable. Why not? You got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They shirt up that offensive line. And as Russ was saying, they got a lot of the key players back. They really didn't lose anyone big on that defense. So they picked up an offensive tackle. And Collins, they're really going to try their best to protect Joe Burrow. Home of Athens, Ohio. One of the pride and joys of Athens, Ohio. So... You know, it's hard to argue against Russ. I hate to say it. I think the Bengals are the front runners coming out of the AFC North. They have all the key pieces. Let's see where they go this year. Yeah, I thought it was also interesting, his take, because I feel like as soon as uh, Cleveland traded for Deshaun Watson, and again, like Russ mentioned, we don't know how many games he's going to be able to play for this upcoming season just yet, but people kind of automatically catapulted Cleveland into the number two team in the AFC North. And uh, I thought it was interesting how Russ was kind of slow in the roll and talking about the Ravens and, and Harbaugh and bringing Lamar Jackson back and with a chip on their shoulder after missing the playoffs last year. That's not really a perspective I feel like a lot of Cincinnati fans have right now. I'll tell you the people that catapulted them to the top of the AFC North. Everyone in Cleveland. <laughs> Everyone in, in the rest of the world realizes that Cleveland has been a graveyard for quarterbacks for the last 20 years. You go to Cleveland to kill your quarterbacking career. So, Deshaun Watson is going up there. Yes, he has a lot of talent, and he's probably the best quarterback that they've had under center in the last 20 years. However... I don't know if it's close either. However, however, there's about a dozen guys I could just rattle off, and we just did off-air, who were supposed to catapult these Browns and get them to the playoffs or do big things with them. Baker Mayfield does it, and guess what? He's now out of town. So... We're going to see what happens here. I think the culture in Cleveland really needs to change. I don't necessarily think the quarterback position needs to change more or less than the management all the way up to the ownership. We get to a quick break. We got Bob Herring calling in on the other side of this break upcoming as you're listening to the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. Are you dreaming of something greater? A college degree, job skills, a rewarding career. The Ohio Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. The Ohio National Guard Scholarship Program could pay 100% of your college tuition. You're eligible for the scholarship as soon as you enlist. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving in the Ohio Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, it's Boots. We're talking racing fuel, drive-in movies, and hot rodding for a lifetime. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. You're listening to 970 WATH and the sports fan. Joe Medora alongside Ross Christ. Just got done talking to Russ Hellman all about the Cincinnati Bengals and their offseason. We keep rolling with the guests. Another special guest calling in today is Bob Herrick, writer for golf for SI and also author of the book Tiger and Phil. Bob, sir, it's great having you on the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, obviously the the big talk in the golf world, Masters coming up next week. I'm sure it's got to have you pretty busy for the upcoming week here. <laughs> no question. <laughs> and it's it's been uh, it's been busier than we might have thought, given the fact that uh, now we've sort of got this you know, this thought of Tiger possibly coming back, hanging over, which I'll admit I, I wouldn't have thought possible. Mm. Um, I just didn't see him being anywhere near ready to go, especially at a place like Augusta. But, uh, you know, he was there yesterday and working on his working on his game to see if he can, you know, I don't think it's as much his game as it is his ability to walk the course. 
four or five days in a row. And, uh, you know, we don't know the answer yet, but uh, we will soon. And obviously that adds another element if he's there next week. Bob, million-dollar question. You know Tiger probably better than anyone else out there. Do you think Tiger Woods will play next week? Yeah, you know, like I was saying, I didn't think so. Um, I, I really was like, I would have been like 95% against really last week. You know, I mean, I just didn't hadn't seen or heard of any indication that, uh, you know, that he'd be ready to go. And based on his own comments, it seemed like it'd be a long time. But now, you know, what we've seen and, and, and heard here over the last few days is, you know, that he's ramped it up recently. I don't think Tiger goes there to practice this week if he doesn't at least want to try. I mean, that, so that, that sort of raised the level of engagement there a little bit. That, that elevated this. So, you know, I, I think... You know, my feeling on it is, is yeah, it's far more likely now. Um, you know, uh, but what we don't know is how did he feel when he woke up today? You know, it, he, if he's going to play the first round of the Masters next Thursday, well, he's got to be able to wake up on Friday and feel good enough to play that day too. And then if he makes the cut, play Saturday and Sunday. And what I would love to be able to ask him if he would take my call, which unfortunately <laughs> I don't have his number. Um, he was, you know, how much have you done this? Like, has he walked 18 holes and played 18 holes of golf at home? Has he done that even once or had he before yesterday? Has he done it twice? I mean, do you try to do it four days in a row just so to say that you can do it? Or do you risk making it worse? By doing that, I mean he's got a lot to balance there. This is the same sort of thing he de- he's dealt with with his back. You know, you need to practice and prepare to be able to play. But in his situation, he needed to rest and rehab. And so, where's the fine line? If you don't practice enough, you're not going to be very effective. If you overpractice, you're gonna you're gonna make your back sore. And it's, I'm sure it's the same with this. You know, there's only so many steps he has in him in a day. Only so many hours he can stand out there and hit ball. And that's the other thing we just sort of take for granted. Eh, you know, it's walking, it's golf. It's, you know, it's walking four and a half, five miles. It's standing around waiting. You're on your feet the whole time. You're not sitting down. Um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it takes its toll for somebody who, for, well, look, for somebody who's in good shape, for somebody who's, you know, had a serious injury to his right leg and foot and ankle, it's, uh, it's even worse. Yeah, well, we're going to wait and see on Tiger, but a a familiar face will be sitting at home, Mr. Phil Mickelson. He'll be watching the Masters from his television, following the surround out about his comments about the Saudi Golf League in the PGA Tour. Do you get a sense that everyone from the PGA Tour is happy that Phil's at home, or do you think the players want him out there? You know, I I think it's probably a little bit of each. Um, I I can't believe anybody would wish upon him what's happened um you know uh you know maybe there's some guys who think that he got what he had coming because you know he's been outspoken about some things and over the years you know he might have rubbed some guys the wrong way but we're talking about somebody who's been amazingly um good for the game very positive figure given back you know been a compelling figure for three decades and, you know, to have this happen in this manner so quickly, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's shocking, really. I mean, just a, less than a year ago, he just won his sixth major at age 50, became the oldest major champion, and now he's not even going to play. You know, I mean, just forget about what he did or whether it's right or wrong. It's just a shocking development, you know. I mean, he, he should sort of be living in his glory right now, and that's, and that's not the case at all. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see where he goes with this one. I, I hope to see him back out there. I think it's good for golf when he's out there. But speaking of this Saudi professional league, kind of paint the picture for our listeners. First of all, what is it? And would you call this now dead in the water? Is this done with? Are we going to hear about this again? Yeah, well, the one that you're referencing, there was actually two of these that have that have come along. Um, they, they There was one, and then they split, and... There's, there's been talk about these rival leagues for a couple of years, and the basic premise is, is there would be guaranteed money. 
you know, there's no guaranteed money in golf, not, not for performing, uh, it, it, not for in the field of play. It's all based on how you do. And so when they come around and they start talking about tournaments with no cuts and minimum payouts of $100,000 or more, and, you know, we'll sign you to, you know, eight-figure deals just to come on board, uh, it got their attention. And the one that you're referencing, which is actually called now, they're calling it the Live Golf Invitational Series. Um, that's the one that's backed by the, you know, the private investment fund of Saudi Arabia, the one that Greg, Greg Norman, Norman is the commissioner yeah. of. Um, you know, their original plan was to have a tour of 14 events. Uh, 48 players, you know, divided into 12 teams of four. So there'd be an individual portion and a team portion, 54 whole events, uh, $20 million purses, every tournament. And, you know, what they've done now is uh, the reason they're not dead in the water is they've actually, you know, we regrouped and come back with an eight tournament schedule for just this year that they will not require you to play every tournament. They're basically just sort of throwing it out there and see, seeing what sticks. So 20, $25 million purses, so $20 million for the individual and five for the teams every week with, uh, uh, it sounds like a minimum of $120,000 to last place. And that's if they even have 48 guys. They, they have said they'll pay out fully even if there's less than 48. Unreal. So I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going away. The reason is, is it, unless they just get bored or, or anxious, but you know, they have plenty of money. They, they have a lot of time to wait this out. Um, they can be patient. They can try it, see who comes on board, and see if they can lure a few more guys over next year and a few more over the next, next year. Because what inevitably can happen is if they do get off the ground, is there's going to be a couple of guys win $4 million for winning a golf tournament. We might not have ever heard of them. Yeah. And that'll get, that'll get people's attention. If they're getting $200,000 or... Three hundred thousand dollars for finishing thirtieth—that'll get people's attention. You know, when when you're over here on the PGA Tour and you're playing twenty-five tournaments a year and you make eighteen cuts and you're making a million and a half dollars and you know that you're beating those guys and they're making triple or four times what you're making, um, you know, there might be some guys that that check you know check history at the door and say I'm going to go play for the money, and I think that's I think that is exactly what they are counting on. Yeah, there's no denying the Saudis are pouring a ton of money into their sport investment. We'll see where that thing goes in the Middle East. All right, Bob, we've talked about two guys, one guy that's definitely not playing and one guy that might be playing. Out of the, out of the field for this year's Masters, who do you like winning? Who's going to be up there on Sunday? I've been saying Justin Thomas. And the reason I say that is because you don't typically have guys win the Masters who have, are coming off of wins. I mean, for all we talk about form going in, it's more just that you're playing decently, not necessarily winning. You know, last year, Hideki Matsuyama hadn't really done anything for a long time. He hadn't won in a while. Obviously, in, in 2000, uh, well, in 2020, that's an exception. You know, Justin, Justin Johnson was having a good year in 2020. But that was the pandemic year, and they played in, in November. In 19, when Tiger won, he had not won in the spring. He did win the previous fall, but he had not won any of the events leading up to the Masters. Same with Patrick Reed in 2018. Sergio in 2017 uh, had won in Dubai, you know, two months earlier. I mean, so the point is, is that we can talk about a lot of these guys that have been playing well lately. Scheffler, for example, number one in the world. He's won three times, which is terrific. Uh, Sam Burns just won the Valspar, which was a great win for him. Um, you know, uh, who else have we had win here recently? Uh, you know, they, they, uh, uh, the, the Honda Classic was a, was a first-timer, Seth Strap, uh, Strack. I mean, he, I think first-timers have a tough time there. But my, my point is, is that JT, while he hasn't won lately, has played nicely. He's in contention at the Valspar. You know, he was up there for a while at the players. He's sort of, you know, frustrated that he hasn't won lately, even though he's had a number of high finishes. And so I think it bodes well for somebody like him 
Mm. He's obviously a good player and, and, and a great iron player and can get it around that place. Again, we're speaking with Bob Herrig, golf writer for SI. And, Bob, just kind of on the flip side of that, who's someone that maybe is not at the top of the, any betting boards at the moment who you think could be maybe a good little value pick to uh, have a good weekend uh, next weekend? Yeah, that's a great question, too, um, because I think there's so many guys that we can actually look at uh, as, as, as having, you know, having some chance. I mean, Victor Hovland's a guy... I don't think you're going to get long odds on a guy like Victor Hovland. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a top 10 player. Uh, but, but are, are people really, are, are they really thinking about him? You know, are they thinking of him like they are like a John Rahm or Scheffler or, or Morikawa or Dustin Johnson? I mean, Dustin Johnson had actually fallen off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he hasn't won in over a year now, but he had a really nice match play and uh, has moved back into the top 10 in the world. You know, I can't imagine you're going to get great odds on a guy like that. Somebody that, that I kind of like a lot is, is Abraham Answer, who's, you know, he's only got one tour victory and, you know, people, not on the top of people's minds, but he's played pretty nice this year. He's, mm-hmm. he's had himself up there a few times. We're not, we haven't been talking about Patrick Cantley much lately. He hasn't done a whole lot lately. Uh, but there's another guy, I think, that, uh, you know, that, that I think, that, that might that might be a factor when it's all said and done. I absolutely love Abraham Answers, Caddy, Dale. Bob, if you don't follow him on social media, he does a hot dog eating challenge to every course he goes to. Um, and it's, 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 it's strictly phenomenal. It's, it's something you need to see. But, Bob, I watched this year's Phoenix Open. It is without a doubt louder and wilder than ever. We're seeing a huge resurgence in golf and, and a, with a huge success with an event like that, hole 16. We got beer flying everywhere during the hole-in-ones. Do you think golf is going to capitalize on that atmosphere and push that to more of their tournaments, or do you think it's going to be one of those things where they just keep that out in the desert in Arizona? I think it's happened already. I think there's several tournaments that try to capture that sort of atmosphere. Um the one in my backyard, the Valspar, has something similar on their 13th green. Um, Honda Classic does as well on 17, which, frankly, is a hard hole and might not be appropriate um, there. It's, it's, you know, the, the 16th at Phoenix is a, is a flat hole with no water, and it's a nine-iron shot mostly. You know, it's, it's, it's not really that difficult of a shot that requires you know, immense concentration. So the noise is probably okay. Um, I think we've seen a lot of tournaments try to capture the entertainment part of it and, and bring more people in. And I think the, the question is, is do they, you know, do you bring them in and do you keep them? You know, do you keep them as golf fans? Are they, are they interested enough in the golf after you've brought them in? So that's, I think that's what you have to balance, you know, um, the thing at 16, as great as that was, you know, it probably went over the line because they were actually throwing plastic cans. <laughs> and, you know, it took them about 10 minutes to clean everything up. I'm not quite sure they want that. Uh, but it sure was a neat atmosphere. It was kind of cool to see. And, and you know, there's a, there's a happy medium, I think, that, that all these golf tournaments want to get. And, you know, now that, now that you know, we've, we've sort of been coming out of the pandemic and they're these places are full again. People are really getting out there and trying to enjoy it. Bob, it has been a pleasure talking to you, sir. We appreciate you taking the last 15 minutes to, you know, enlighten us all about the golf world, and hopefully we get to chat to you again sometime in the near future. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep, have a good one. You too. Thank you. As again, that was Bob Herrig, author of Tiger and Phil. Great book. That just came out also in a writer for... Uh, Sports Illustrated, of course, everything golf and enlightening conversation. Ross, for for uh, the Masters, are you uh, you a kick your feet up all weekend kind of guy? Just sit back and take it in, or what? It's no you're watching it. You're not watching every no, hole. Huh? I, I can't watch every single hole. I will tell you what it makes me do. I watch the Masters, and I immediately go down to my garage. I get out my clubs. And I act like I'm going to be very good at golf this year. Yeah. I say this week I'm going to be at the course, I'm going to be at the range, I'm going to be at the putting green, and I'm going to try my best to be 
a scratch golfer and I fail within about two weeks time, I put them back in the shed and they collect dust. But I'm guaranteeing you people across the country after watching one the, the Masters get out the sticks and there's a resurgence of golf booking tee times across the United States. But I'm very much looking forward to this year down in Augusta. My uncle will be there. He's very close to the pro golf game, very close to Davis Love III. Um, I can't wait to watch this one. I will be watching my TV come Sunday. I love watching Sunday. And of course, I am going to be rooting for the GOAT, the greatest of all time. I hope he's wearing a red shirt come Sunday. <laughs> I hope he does it. He picks up another green jacket. Tiger Woods, please, if you are listening, get out there. We need you. The golf world is a better place with Tiger hitting the ball. What if you won it again? Incre- incredible. <laughs> Tell me why he couldn't yet. do it. Everyone counted him out in 2019. Everyone said after his accident, yeah. his rehab, his breakup, his scandal, he could not do this anymore. And he proved everyone wrong. Why not do it one more time just to cement his legacy? I can't wait to see him out there. I think he will be out there if he's not out there this weekend. If he's out there right now, he's definitely trying to play. It's like, why else would you be down there? You don't take your private jet. You don't take your little boy to head to Georgia for a week if you're not planning (laughs) to play some golf. Now, whether he wakes up tomorrow like Bob said, and he has, that knee's just not working for him. Maybe he's just not up for it. Maybe he goes out there and he shoots a 106 and he just realizes I'm not up to that competitive form. Then so be it. But this tells me as a golf fan that Tiger Woods is actively trying to get back out there. And I totally believe he will at some point this season. It would be, it would be cool to see. I mean, like there's, there's certain moments in sports that just make everybody stop and watch. If you're a sports fan, not if you're, you know, a big fan of that sport. But when Tiger was making that run on the last few holes back in 2019, everybody who's a sports fan turned the TV on and started watching that. I mean, it was, it was just such a spectacle to watch. Yeah, and you couldn't help but just root for him. You saw it on his face when he won. Just, it seemed like years of anguish. And he comes out, and he just defies the odds. No one gave him a shot. So we're going to see where this one goes. This will tee off. Next week, that'll start on Thursday. Yep, the 7th. Yep. April 7th. This weekend, the warm-up, the Valero Texas Open. This is going to be down in TPC San Antonio. Uh, If you want to watch this one, ESPN Plus will be covering that one. We're going to have some big names going out on that one. This will start tomorrow morning, 9.03, Bryson DeChambeau. Mm. Interesting, Bob did not mention Mr. Bryson. Bryson's been injured a bit. Injured the wrist a little bit. Some say he's trying to hit the ball a little bit too hard. <laughs> he's swinging for the fences. No, we've never seen anyone hit like him, so we'll see where he goes. There's also some big names in this one. Jason Day, he'll be teeing off 914 tomorrow morning. Rory McIlroy's in this one, so um, look for him. Few Hen- good names. Yep. Yeah. Henrik Stenson, Ricky Fowler. So a lot of the big names trying to get that warm-up in. It's hard to call a PGA Tour a warm-up, but uh, <laughs> right. event. So I'm sure they'll be very happy to... To win this one, it's an $8.6 million purse. Uh, but last chance to uh, to get the rust off the cl- old clubs before heading to Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I guess, maybe pose it to you. You missed, your, you missed your chance today. This is a great day to go out and golf here in Athens. Unfortunately, Beautiful I'm in the studio with you. But, um, ah, that's we, not we can, unfortunate. We can, the we, second best thing besides being in the studio with me right. would be to go play golf. I think uh, this Saturday... I, I listened to the weather report on my way in here. I think this Saturday it's going to be sunshiny until around noon, so I'm going to race out to the High University Golf Course. There you go. Not a bad, not a bad spot to play. I've done it a few times. Yeah, we'll see. Quick, quick, get a quick nine in, roll out. It's a good time. It's a good yeah. time. But we got to get to one final break here on the show. On the other side, LeBron James's Lakers, as of right now, are not in the postseason. We're going to talk about that on the other side of this break you're listening to the sports fan presented by jnk contracting on 970 and 97.1 fm wath we've all got it you know that one crazy thing you've always wanted to do that bucket list goal then a cancer diagnosis and that one thing still goes according to plan i would know i'm getting my first tattoo right now while my three beautiful daughters laugh hysterically at me 58 years old, four years of cancer-free checkups at Ohio Health. Go ahead and get a picture, girls. You keep making plans. Visit OhioHealth.com slash keep making plans. 
Hi, this is Steve Downs. Check out this week's show for the classics, The Studio Dudes, when we salute the bands that put in the hours, hold up recording the masterpieces of our times. Tune in as we play groundbreaking cuts by The Beatles, Pink Floyd, Steely Dan, Yes, The Eagles, Bruce Springsteen, ELO, Fleetwood Mac, Queen, and many more. This one just might blow your mind wide open, and it's only here on The Classics. Saturday mornings at 10.06 on WATH. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Dog House over on West Union Street in Athens. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. Your sports leaders in Athens County, 970 WATH and WXTQ Power 105, the flagship station of your Ohio Bobcats and the home of the Athens County Game of the Week. And on 970 WATH, tune in for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Cincinnati Reds, Columbus Blue Jackets, Cincinnati Bengals, and all season long, Athens Bulldog football, basketball, and baseball. Monday through Friday, tune in to the sports fans starting at 6.06 and stay up to date with local sports. Follow us on Twitter at WATHWXTQ Sports. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the sports fan on 970 WATH. Joe Medor, Ross Chris, this is a sports fan on 970 WATH. Had a great show so far today. Talked to Russ Heltman about the Bengals. Just got done talking to Bob Herrig all about the Masters and everything else going on in the golf world. And now to close out the show, we're also uh, something that it just seems absurd to think about. The Los Angeles Lakers team, obviously, you know, at the forefront with LeBron James, one of the greatest players to ever grace God's green earth, alongside other talented players, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis. Obviously, Anthony Davis has made a paper mache and hasn't gotten to play much of this year, but <laughs> they're outside of the playoff picture right now. They're the 13th seed in the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers. Crazy to think about after they got thumped by the Mavs last night. It's a shame, isn't it? I mean, you, you just hope that this team, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, can get it done. How can't they? Every week you think they're going to turn it around. They got a pep talk two weeks ago from Magic Johnson before the game where he called out Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook, excuse me. How can't Maybe this Russell team... Russell Wilson, too. No. <laughs> but how can't they get it done? They get thumped last night, as you said, 128 to 110 against the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, the Dallas Mavericks are a good team. And they have one of the best guards in the country. But this Lakers team should be one of the best teams in the country. I don't know if it's talent. I don't know if it's coaching. But LeBron James is rotting away the final years of his career in Los Angeles right now. Ross, he's averaging 30 points a game. He's rotting away <laughs> his career in Los Angeles. I think he's number two in scoring Yes, LeBron James brings it. He's going to bring it. And I still think if you get the L.A. Lakers into the playoffs, then there's a chance if you have LeBron James healthy. Well, we saw last year, yes, <laughs> thumping. They might, but they might play that same team again if they make the playoffs too. <laughs> they're sitting right now as the 11 seed. They're not dead. They're not they, dead in the water. They've such, lost their last. They have such a tough <laughs> schedule. Three out of seven in their last ten games. Three wins, seven losses. You have to wonder, is it the players or is it the coach? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, he's gone. You think, you, think, you think Vogel's gone? LeBron's getting him fired. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's not He's LeBron's win. guy, though. Uh, that's true. You know? I feel like LeBron's had a few guys, though, that have kind of... Yeah. I can go letting by the wayside. It's crazy, though. It is. It is mind-boggling and the west is obviously very tough this year the the suns weren't proved that last year wasn't a fluke you have the mavs rising as you mentioned utah jazz are no slash the timberwolves have become a solid team this year with obviously uh carl anthony towns at the top but just to think about a los angeles a los angeles lakers team in general i know they had a few years at the end of the kobe days but just the lakers in general showcase with lebron james and russell westbrook can't even get into and keep in mind the nba for the last seed plays a four game play, a 14 playoff yeah it's ridiculous and there's outside of that right now yeah uh to make matters worse lebron and ad are already doubtful for tomorrow's game against the jazz so <laughs> if you're a lakers fan things aren't getting better quickly here i mean this is their yesterday they threw out their 32nd starting five of the season austin reeves Stanley Johnson, Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, Russell Westbrook. Let me tell you about these guys. Austin Reeves, rookie, you've never heard of him. Yes, you shouldn't have heard of him. Stanley Johnson, he is at best your seventh player. Your seventh. He's not your sixth man, he's your seventh. Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard, great 10 years ago, not great right now. Malik, He's averaging five points a game this year. Malik Monk having a great season. Malik Monk having a phenomenal season, actually. Uh, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> he'll be gone next year. He's, they're not going to be able to keep him. I'm That's telling you, not. Malik Monk will be gone. Russell, Russell Westbrook, if I say Russell Wilson one more time, mm-hmm. I'm going to punch myself. Russell Westbrook, he put up 25 points last night. He is so hit and miss. He'll sometimes have a game where he's phenomenal, but I would say now the phenomenal games where he is a bona fide superstar is one out of every five games. And then there's some games where he misses 10 to 15 shots a night. This lineup is trash. If you're a Lakers fan, you should expect more. You need AD to come back. You need LeBron to come back. And that is your only hope. And you hope that these guys can stay uninjured for the rest of the season. You know what this year is proving? that as great as LeBron James has been this year, as you mentioned, second in the league in scoring, when your best player is 38, generally speaking, you struggle. And I think the Lakers are kind of proving that this year. How many games do you watch LeBron James look absolutely gassed on the sideline when he gets his 30 seconds of rest and the team goes down by 15? Yeah. Poor guy, man. I don't know too many 38-year-olds still playing sports. Ben Roethlisberger, there you go, case in point. And you saw, I mean, he was throwing medicine balls around last year. It was a bad year if you were a Steelers fan. You're a Pittsburgh boy yourself, so. I am a Pittsburgh boy. (laughs) I will not reveal my fandom on this show. (laughs) There's a veil. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. That's been the Sports Fan. Presented by J&K Contracting. Ross Christ, I'm Joey Maduro. We appreciate you listening. It was a great show today. We got another one tomorrow. Make sure you're right back here at 6.06. I'm Joey Maduro signing off.